Hi, I'm Bradder. I am Santino Big Tuna. And I'm Greg. Welcome to Yankee Chat, a New York Yankees sportscast dedicated to everything New York Yankees and Major League Baseball. We are live. Welcome to this episode of Yankee Chatter, brought to you by our good friends at the Bigger and Bradder Sports Network. Uh, this episode, we are actually going to do something a little bit different because all this talk about coronavirus and and will they or won't they play this year is getting kind of old. I think we've done it like three episodes in a row. So uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit, and this is actually a uh, special uh, segment we're going to call Movie Chatter. Uh, and this week, we are going to talk about the comedy classic that came out in 1989. You all know it as Major League. Uh, classic movie. Classic movie. <laughs> I didn't really have anything planned after that. But uh, just to give you guys a, a quick synopsis before we get into it, um, I'm just going to read the, the summary off of iTunes here. It says, she's beautiful. She's smart goal-oriented, and she just inherited the Cleveland Indians. Unfortunately, she wants to move the franchise to Miami, and the losing season is her only ticket to Florida. So she signs the wildest gang of screwballs that ever spit tobacco. They're handsome, but they're hopeless. Her catcher, Tom Berenger, is a washed-up womanizer who struck out in, in life. Her ace pitcher, Charlie Sheen, is a punked-out crazy who struck out with the law. And her third <laughs> baseman, Corbin Burnson, is more concerned feeling fielding endorsements than grounders throw in a busload of other misfits and you've got yourself a hilarious lineup that's destined for disaster they don't also, even mention they don't mention willie mays hayes or no but it says also starring wesley snipes and renee russo yeah no but they don't even what about serrano come on now voodoo guy yep to all so, stay good hands man <laughs> so uh we'll, we'll get into it uh Tino is uh, every week we're gonna kind of pick a new movie to talk about. Uh, this week, Tino has Big Tuna has selected Major League, so uh, I'm gonna kind of let him drive the conversation, and uh, and then uh, just let me know what scene because we're gonna try and play the audio for the scene so you guys know what we're talking about and what we're referring to, um, and then uh, just let me know what scene and I'll try to find it and play it so everyone can hear it. Well, the first scene that I kind of focused in on was like the players coming in. To the to the actual, you know, we got Lou Brown, the general manager, and uh, the assistant coach, whose name is Pepper, by the way. Um, that was the first scene I focused on. But a couple quick things that I uh, I, I did write down is the uh, intro song, which is like, you know, there's a couple. There's not many songs that I remember, uh, you know, going into movies, but I always remember the, you know, the burn on Cleveland, you know. And I thought it was just a generic thing, but it wasn't. It was called Burn On by Randy Newman. Oh, let's, you know? see if, let's see if I found it. So. That, yeah, this song right here, yeah. But do you know what it's about? No, what's it about? It's about that legendary fire where the, the fire burned for days in the on the river. Really? Yeah. So when the movie starts, it starts with this mon montage of the city skyline and show, showing landmarks around the city, people working. And the, uh, going about the, like, the uh, and, and also, too, it 
it shows like the how bad Cleveland is. Like in the end of the mon uh, the end of the song before they go to the like that first meeting, mm -hmm. they um uh it shows like all the how bad Cleveland's been forever. You know what I'm saying? And it's just yeah, it's which got a fifty four giant sweep Indians in series. It's going I, I jumped ahead. Yeah, but you know, I looked it up and I didn't know if that was real or fake because you know sometimes it's a movie, so but I guess it was real. I guess the Indians really haven't been good since you know, and they really like think about uh in our time, like they were good what a few years ago. They were in the series against the Cubs. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I really don't remember them like having a really good team. Uh I think before a few years ago, they they had a good team and they had a good team in the like the mid nineties. They had Tommy, uh, the Skell, Alomar, both Alomar. They beat the Yankees. What was it, 97 they knocked the Yankees out? Knocked the Yankees out. They actually lost the World Series in, in 97 to the Marlins. To the Marlins, okay. You know Andy Pettit was 0-2 in that series against the Indians? I did not know that. Yeah. And a rough, rough series against the Indians that year. Well, that's just – you know what? It's, it's, it's funny because, like, in, in – because you think about Angels in the outfield. Angels in the they, – it's like they pick these teams to kind of – hopefully they turn around someday. Right, like, the Cubs and Rookie of the Year. Or, uh, yeah, and it was like – The Twins and Little Big League. Yep, yep. And it's funny because I think the only team that actually won a championship after the movie was Angels in the outfield. Because there's nobody else that – Cleveland hasn't won a championship. Well, Cubs uh, a few years ago. What's that? Cubs won in 2016, didn't they? Yeah, no, okay, the Cubs, yeah, the Cubs as well. But I'm saying like within the like couple years of the actual movie. Oh, I was that, so last yesterday we were at my my wife's parents' house and they had uh, Fox had on the uh, like best games ever and it was Game Seven of the 1991 World Series between the Twins and the Braves, and that's the last time I think the Twins were in the World Series. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, no, I think you're right. They beat the Braves, and uh, I think a couple years after that, that's when Little Big League came out. I just thought that was interesting that that movie just came out like shortly after they they won the World Series. So they must have gotten really bad after. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So the one scene, the first scene that I focused on that I think is just uh, hilarious is when they uh, have you know like Jay Taylor, Serrano, uh, Roger Dorn, Willie Mays, Hayes, Wild Thing. And I put Harris in there because Harris kind of gets introduced when walking into the locker room. Um, but just the, when the GM is talking about each player, it's just so funny because it's like when Dorn comes in, he goes, Brown's like, I thought, blah, blah, blah. You just said we didn't have any high-priced talent. The GM's yeah. like, yeah, he's only high-priced. <laughs> I got it right, I got it right here. Yeah. <laughs> But you didn't have any high-priced talent. Forgot about Dorn because he's only high-priced. He came up as a free agent three years ago. Still hits the ball pretty well, doesn't he? Yeah. Just can't feel it. <laughs> we'll shape him up. Yeah, next is Willie Mays Hayes, but I'll, I'll let you do what you got to do. But, you know, that, this, that scene, to me, is kind of what the second movie was lacking. There was like they had a couple other players that were in there that were new, 
but they didn't have like that. And obviously, with the movie being PG thirteen, it's not the same a little bit, you know. But like that's what I think like made it so good is because you had that separate. You knew how messed up each one of those guys were and how many their oddballs and all that. Yeah. Um, like with Serrano being what voodoo, like yeah, he was defected from Cuba because he when he was voodoo, you know. Yeah, he was actually uh, right before. Yep, and Taylor, they're like, oh, I wish we had him two years ago. We did. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Willie Mays Hayes in that brutal car. I, that's yeah. the thing. Like Doran's car is like a classic. I don't know what that car was for Willie Mays Hayes. I really do, I don't know. What, that was like an old school Beetle. It looked like a little bit. You know. Let's see what it says. Lou Brown, the parking lot is over there. Yeah, I don't know. The best part about Willie Mays at training camp is when he wakes up and his bed's outside the gates. And <laughs> yeah. instead, of, instead of saying, oh my God, they caught me, I wasn't, you know, because he obviously wasn't actually invited there. He goes, well, I've been cut already. And then just <laughs> goes on the field or beats somebody in a, in a, in a straight sprint. So I was <laughs> just a classic. Well, you know, the funny thing, too, is that, like, they have a backstory of where Vaughn came from. They have a backstory of, like, Serrano being a defector. Willie Mays Hayes, you have no backstory on where he came from. Nah, his backstory is just he wasn't Yeah, really no, him. which is hilarious because it's like he, he was the focal point of the last scene to win the game. You know, <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy where how, you know. But, uh, so after Dorn, it was Willie Mays Hayes. Do you have any, do you have that quote or no? So, um, yeah, I'm looking for it. Keep talking. The, uh, like I said, the, the, and the worst thing too is that Wesley, the best thing was Wesley Snipes was awesome portraying that guy, you know, <laughs> and I think that's also which lacked in the second one because it was Omar yes. Epps. Nothing uh, against Omar Epps, it's just like different, different type of, you know, actor. Not the yeah, same. Epps, he did a pretty good job. He wasn't the same kind of uh, personality as Willie Mays was. Yeah, no, very true, very true. Um, Here we go. Ready? Yep. Hey! I don't recognize this guy. Say hey! Who's Maze Hayes here? Play like Maze? I run like Hayes. How you doing? How you doing? My man. Lou Brown. Nice to meet you, Hayes. The parking lot is right out there. <laughs> oh, and uh, don't you guys go anywhere. This part. Plan to put on a hitting display. I don't remember a Hayes on the list. I always love that part because he, like, fixes his tie. You know, yeah. I'm going to put on a hitting display. You know. Yeah, the best part is he can't hit. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. And then, like, if you keep going, right after that is the next scene when Wild Thing comes on. Yep. Gets off the motorcycle. Look at this fucking guy. Lou Brown, man. No, oh, that was Pepper. I thought that was Lou Brown, too. That was Pepper. Oh, Pepper? Mr. Dorn. Harris! I always love because Lou Brown's so excited about, like, he gets all those guys yep. and parts wild things. So that's my kind of team, you know? Um, 
Yeah, I remember so, watching this and I was wondering if players actually did this, like pulled up to training camp in like different cars like that and kind of found out they do. I mean, the NFL stars do all kinds of crazy stuff with, you know, helicopters and, uh, yeah, and it's, crazy ones, but, but that's like, it's, <laughs> and, and going back to, you know, like the old style, like when I think it was like the 70s or 80s with the NFL, that became big. Like a lot of players would show up in a different kind of thing. Like, I don't know who it was, but Michael Strahan was talking about a guy that like came in in an ice cream truck and like was serving the players, but like he was a player as well. It's weird how they, you know, but I also think that like if they ever did kind of a, uh, um, like a hard knocks for baseball, you know, you would want to do something cool like that where you would have like an intro to all the players. But I like none of them, they all show up at a different time and they're probably uninterested. It's not the same, you know, and it's just like, yeah, they never actually show up at the field either. Like at hard knocks, the first time you see everyone is in like the facility, like in a meeting room or, yeah. And that's the thing is like, checking their bags and because you can see like those guys all weirdos you know that are coming in and unfortunately with most of the guys nowadays they're probably looking at their phone i thought it was a great way to for the movie though to introduce us to the players was oh how, yeah no how they arrived at the field was like their, their person absolutely um so after that there's a couple lou brown quotes um before before you get that far because i'm kind of like i gotta get the movie playing on mute as we're talking yeah the next scene goes to the locker room and the players yep. introduce each other to themselves to each other. And uh, my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes is uh, when Serrano approaches um, yeah. Dorn. And uh, let's see, here you go. He walks up to him. Hey, big guy. You a golfer? <laughs> yeah. What's your handicap? That's warm. Glasses. <laughs> Whoa, Rodrigo, I, uh, you can't, Jim. You're welcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I had that guy staring back at me, I wouldn't have said anything. It's so funny because he always, he's, he's hazy. Wild thing. But Serrano's a rookie too. But he's not, you know, it's kind of. <laughs> And quick side note about him, Dorn, the movie he was in before this movie, and I looked it up, It was it's what I thought it was. It was a horror movie called The Dentist, where it's, like, horrifying. Like, I remember that movie, and it was, it's like, it's exactly what you think it is, and it's horrifying to watch, you know? And it's just, like, it's funny how he goes from to Dorn, you know? There's a big big flip-flop there. Yeah, no, Absolutely. And even worse with the second one when he comes the owner, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, but as, before before we go on, I just want to say if anyone that's watching, if you want to share your thoughts as we're going through the movie and and what what scenes were important to you and what stands out in your mind, uh, feel free to leave a comment on any of the social platforms that we're streaming on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, we'd love to read through them afterwards. And if you have any questions or anything you want to add to the conversation, that'd be great too. So. Uh, with that said, go ahead, Tino. I'm looking at the things. Max Crosby outplayed Cleveland. Wrong sport, brother. Uh, so one of the best parts of the training camp is Lou Brown's quotes towards the other players. 
you know, I don't know if you know where that is, Gregor, but like when he tells Hayes he's got to do push ups, he tells Dorn he's got to do what is it, 20 sit ups uh-huh. if he does the Olay bullshit or whatever. Um, and then <laughs> this guy hits a ton, you know, how come no one else has picked him up? And, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, throw him the, the curve, yeah, throw him the <laughs> curve. And then, uh, it's not fastballs, the, the, the um. We wear caps and sleeves here, son. There you go. Here's Hayes. Here's the bat thing. Yeah. He's doing this shimmy thing, which they actually do in the second movie with what's his face. Hold it, hold it. Well, you may run like maze, but you hit like shit. You should hit the ball on the ground and be legging them out. Every time I see you hit one in the air, you owe me 20 push ups. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then the next scene's uh, the wild thing. Wild thing with the sleeve without the sleeves. You know, it's it's funny because like Lou Brown is classic. Like he's there's the, he is like the legitimate 80s, 70s, 80s manager that's like got the big beer belly. You know, he smokes. Which it's funny if you don't realize it, but there are scenes where he has a cigarette in his hand. But no, I've never realized it until I oh, yeah. yep. the movie. Yeah, and it's like it makes you think of Jim Leland a little bit. I mean, he's like the like a bigger, like fatter version of Jim Leland. So yeah, I, I kind of see him as the same exact type manager. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, and the thing about it too is that you see him, you know, uh, you know, he's a big guy, he's the head guy, all that stuff. But the assistant coach, which is Pepper. Like, a lot of the times he's telling Pepper to go get the pitcher, go get the player. You know what I'm saying? Which, me not watching baseball as much as I do, I always think of the manager going out there. But I guess when it's, like, disciplinary stuff or, like, there's a bench-clearing brawl, the other guy goes out there. Because the, is there, like, a rule against that if the manager well, it's just like any, there? No, it's just like any sport. I mean, the assistant coach is famous for having more responsibility than the head coach, but – getting paid less. That's just what an assistant does. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I you just earn that, your way up to that head job when you start talking. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Business, just, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the next scene is we got to teach him some control until, until he kills somebody. Um, <laughs> he takes the he takes the head off of the mannequin dude okay. there. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that part too. Um and I think the next scene after that is the introduction of Joe Boo. I'm pretty sure the next scene is the introduction of Joe Boo. I might be wrong. Uh, let's see. Vaughn's pitching off the mound. Uh, oops, there's Serrano throwing the curveball. Yep. We can skip that. We already talked about it. I was talk- he always talking about his contract with Dorn. And he pisses on it. Yeah. Great, great scene. Uh, oh, Charlie Sheen, not looking at his locker. So, yeah, that's Joe Boo should be next. Yep, he's uh, – Tom Berenger's head 
blocking Jobu right now. Jobu, you tell me Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? Yep. I'm saying the combination of Jobu is awesome. <laughs> I give him a cigar way. and rum. Pedro. That's the I cannot hit curveball. Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball. That's our friend. I asked Joe Boo to come. Take fear for that. I offered him cigar. Bro. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Shit, <laughs> I like him very much. You know, help. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> oh, not a holy war here. Oh, I love that. Wouldn't leave a rum sitting around out here with this group. <laughs> it's very bad. Very bad. <laughs> Betty bad. Then he goes out and gets the uh, he gets a hit in the side of the baseball bat. Remember? No, no, no. That's that's when he takes it after the first game or second game. Yeah, when he takes the rum. Yeah, so yeah he takes the rum and then he gets hit. Um, <laughs> so after that, the next thing that I focused on, I mean, you've got training camp where the guys are just, like, really bad. Like, you know, the team is is brutal. Um, you know, you got, like, what is it? They show, like, Taylor getting slammed. They show – Willie Mays Hayes doing uh, push-ups, wild thing throwing the wild pitches. Um, do the push-ups like in the middle of the game. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, he hits the ball. Yeah, and like when he's stealing, Wesley Snipes steals, and the guy's like, "Come on!" And he gives him the finger, you know. Um, but after all that, when they get to final cutdown day, uh, I focused on the uh, <laughs> when when wild thing goes into the manager's office. And then uh, the fight with Dorn. But before that, the part that made me laugh was uh, Willie Mays' Hayes' celebration out in the parking lot. And at the end of it, he goes, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, it's awesome. You don't want to celebrate in front of people that just died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that was the next scene that I, because that's a classic scene to me. When he goes in there and just like, the other thing too is Lou Brown doesn't even move. He just sits there like a mannequin. Like you know, so at work, at work, I have a Yankee locker in my in my office, and I have a red tag hanging on the inside of it. So open it up. There's always a red tag sitting, hanging out, hanging there. Oh, Jesus! Just, for, just because of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Give Nick a red tag. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, you know what scene I'm talking about, Gregor? Yep, I'm. I'm. Here's uh, Vaughn's about to look at his locker right now. Yeah, I love it, good, especially the chair throw. Like well, that was not needed, but he just threw the chair. He's awesome. right now. Yeah. There's a red tag. Thank you, Mr. Brown. 
you haven't heard the last of me. You may think I'm shit now, but someday you're going to be sorry that you cut me. I'm going to catch on somewhere else. And every time that I pitch against you, I'm going to stick it up your fucking ass. <laughs> Good. I like that kind of spirit in a player. The only problem is I didn't cut you. What? I think someone's <laughs> having some fun with you. The, 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 and he already knows. He knows it's Storm right away. Yeah, yep. no. And you know it's weird exactly now. My bad. No, but that's the thing is that. Uh, <laughs> um, like I said, the the blue brown not even moving. He didn't even make a reaction, nope. which is awesome. Well, he didn't cut him. Well, no, no, of course, but still, it's like you think about that, Brad. You could imagine if one of your employees came in your came in your office and threw your chair. And then, like, just sprayed you with mayonnaise. Like, you'd move. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I hope I can have a little blue brown in me and stay put. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but like when Dorn and Vaughn fight, they have that exchange, and it's so funny. Luke comes out and goes, "Knock that shit off!" It's like he's a parent, you know. And it's yep. funny though too because nowadays. You would never have a rookie go after a veteran like that. That's like the sworn, like that's like the biggest, like in, in, in any. I'm I'm guessing in any professional sports league, like if a rookie attacks of a, a veteran, like he might be gone. Like you think about the guy who punched Geno Smith in the face. Remember that? <laughs> like he, you know, I mean, it was whatever, but still, he never made the team. That depends you know? on your talent. If you're talented, yeah, you're true, a, you're true. A guy like Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper came right from high school was a number one prospect in the game. Uh, I think they could live with him going after a veteran or two. Yeah, true. Yeah. Do you have a? Do you have anything you got to play on that, Gregor? Are you good? Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. And Just, Taylor says we have much more things to do. Like Very for right now. You're fucking funny, asshole. All right, all right. Knock that shit off. You're funny, asshole. You gotta make it real clear to this little lady. I'm not about to take any shit. Shut up, Lord. Save all that energy for the people. Got a long way to go before the season's over. Okay, so that there is like. I, Shut up, a, Dorn. Yeah, right. His monotone is just so awesome. Yeah. I don't know why. I I just I love Lou Brown as a character. It's my kind of guy, you know, a guy that I would love to play for. So after that, they are going to Cleveland. Everyone's happy. I didn't include the dinner scene because it's not really that big of a thing, except for the one quote when uh, um, uh, Jake Taylor's like. That's my wife. And, he's, and Vaughn's like, you want me to take a, drag him out of here? Kick the shit out of him? <laughs> <laughs> that to me is hilarious. Right, but, well, he uh, takes a sip of the champagne, spits it right back out. <laughs> yeah. I, and the thing is, too, is like, I look like a banker in this. Like, dude, like, this is the house rules, Rick. You got to do it, you know? Um, <laughs> so I skipped over there and I go to the first game. No way. I forgot he's in this. What's so I don't that? Watch the TV show Scrubs. Uh, there's I never watched it. No. There's the janitor. Janitor. Before they go to the dinner scene, he's sitting on. He's a construction worker, 
Who are these fucking guys? That's him right but there. He's the, he's the, every single one of them, he's the F word guy. He's the only one that says, you know what I'm saying? Because he's in the, if you watch the last scene as well, when they're celebrating, uh-huh. he is hugging someone at the bar and then he hugs this guy that looks like a goth guy and they kind of look at each other and they start hugging again. But Oh, yeah, funny. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, the guy who just, he's, it's funny that you see stuff like that because the movie was in 89. So it's like, you know, but still it's like that's pretty uh, pretty cool to see people, uh, you know. But uh, so dinner scene, like, you know, you want me to drag him out of here, kick the shit out of him. And then uh, Willie Mays Hayes going, I don't know. He's not wearing a name tag. <laughs> um, so then I skip forward to the first game. Uh, and uh, Oh, he sees his ex-wife. I don't see. That's the thing. Is it his ex-wife or is it ex-girlfriend? Yeah, because they are. They it should have been my wife. You know, does she know that? That's a. I like that quote too. When she says, "That's my wife," does she know that? Yeah. She know that? Yeah. Got my back. Yeah. But I uh, hated that whole uh, story though. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you know this. He follows her home, and later, I think this might be later in the movie, and he's driving the bullpen car. That's at the very yeah. last scene. Yeah, he's still in uniform. He's got the bullpen car. <laughs> Driving through the streets of Cleveland following her. Well, and you know, you mentioned that, Bradder, and to me, like, nowadays looking at it, it looks silly, but, like, imagine us as 10-year-olds. Like, that was a G-move to do. Like, he's like, yeah. Because he uses the cleats to take off her skirt and all that stuff. It's like, all right. Cleats on, yep. All right, all right. You know, that's a G move right there. And Nowadays, actress, it's like. She went on to play like all the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, it's Renee Russo. Renee Russo, yeah. She yeah. was in. The other thing, too, she was in, and it was. Thin Cup. What's that? Thin Cup. She was in. No, no, no I'm talking about yeah. a more recent movie, and oh. she looks a little weathered. Well, she's in. Well, I mean, she's old now. She's in, she's in the. She's Thor's mom in the Marvel movies. She's a, no. She's also in that movie um, with Al Pacino, Matthew McConaughey, Two for the Money, when uh, they're those big time gamblers. And she's in it, and it's just like looking at her and comparing her to the major league. It's like, goddamn. What's the one she did with Steve Martin? But is, it, is it cheaper by the dozen? That's the one she yes. No, no, it's, that was Bonnie Hunt. Oh, okay. I think. Always get those fucking George Ebert over here. Look at this guy. You know, so the uh, you're almost you're almost. I would say you know the names like Nick knows the quotes, but he doesn't know where they came from. (laughs) Yeah, let's talk. Hey, we know the important things, okay? Huh? All we know is the important things. Yeah, right. Um, No need to give credit to people. Yeah, I never became a writer. I hate me. She's in. I know what movie you're thinking about. Everywhere you got a source from. She's in yours, mine, and ours with Dennis with Dennis Quaid. Oh yeah, yeah, same kind of, yeah, same kind of situation with all the kids, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, because they had like yeah. so you can see where I was coming from there. Yeah, no, no. Well, cheaper by the dozen was the same concept, right? Where like they all had a bunch of kids. So this one, Dennis Quaid has like six kids, and she had six kids, and they get married, and it's the, okay, right. that's called the Brady Bunch. And then the, still, still the of that. And then uh Bride doesn't they're they're their kids. They all had they had twelve yeah. kids. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So 
quick side note, and this is totally off subject, but you mentioned like the 13 kids or 12 kids. So I watched this documentary a couple days ago, and it was about like you never heard of those Utah people, the polygamists, the Mormons, where they have multiple wives and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So me and Jen are watching it, and all of a sudden there's like a scene where one of the older children has a girlfriend, and he shows a picture of the girl, and her name is whatever. And then in the next scene, like the father is trying to marry the son's girlfriend as being his like sixth or seventh wife. And I'm looking around like, what the fuck world do we live in right now? Well, <laughs> they live in a whole different kind of world. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize Utah is totally like I looked up the laws for Utah. There's some weird shit in there, man. Where like where it's basically for like the people with multiple wives, you know. But uh so the next scene I went to was uh, the first game. You know, uh, you got Serrano. Well, no, you got uh, Lou Brown saying we should have him eat the shit burger because they have us all picking him going last. Yeah. And then you have Harris going, can we uh, have a prayer? And then Serrano does the uh, gunpowder thing. And I, the one exchange I love is that he goes, Jesus Christ, Serrano. He goes, I got to wake up bats. Like it's like a normal fucking thing. Let's wake up fat. <laughs> um, then the sprinkler goes off in the middle of the prayer, and then the then it's the introduction of one of my favorite characters in the all the movies is Harry Doyle, uh, the the uh, Indians play by play guy, Mr. Bob Uecker. And his first uh, scene is him pouring Jack Daniels in a cup. You know. Um, so that's good. Uh, what else? Howdy, Harry Doyle here, welcoming all the new friends of the feather to another season of Indians baseball. A lot of new faces in Chief Wahoo's tribe this year as they take on the defending American League champs, the New York Yankees. And hopefully we'll have some of the names that go with those faces before their first at-bat. Anyway, listen to the roar of the crowd as the Indians take the field. <laughs> He's got the mic going. Yes, sir. They love this club here in Cleveland. <laughs> um. So, so quick one earlier, when the one point in the movie when when Harry Doyle notices they only have one hit, he says one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. He's actually his last three should be one. Uh, and he's supposed to, I think, drop an F bomb there, like one F and hit. But he had a sponsor at that time. He was doing like commercials or some kind of paid sponsorship, and he didn't want to ruin that. He was scared it. Uh, they wouldn't like that too much, so that's why he changed it to uh, "Goddamn" instead. <laughs> interesting. I like that. Um, the other thing too about it is, you know, you got Harry Doyle, you got all the players and stuff like that. But the one thing I love about him is the nicknames he gives the Indians, like you know, Chief Wahoo's Tribe, the Friends of the Feather. I always really, really enjoy that. Um, but also, too, like when the guys come out and they're showing the crowd, and like, I don't know, you guys would know this more than me. Is that like, do, is there a team now in the MLB that has that least amount of fans in the fucking stadium? Well, not the exaggerated amount as they show in the movie, but, mm -hmm. but there, are, there are teams that are like that. Uh, the Rays, they don't really draw much of a crowd. Uh, the Marlins, it's another one. Um, I don't know what the Padres draw, but off the top of my head, 
uh, the Florida teams don't really do very well. Drawing to crowds. me, that's just crazy. Which I is crazy because the Rays are a decent team. Yeah, no, and that's the thing too is that if you're bringing out a winner too, and you can't have people show up, um, but yeah, no, that part I like. And then uh, what is it? The uh, the first part of the game, Willie Mays Hayes makes the basket catch, and everyone's all excited. And he, Lou grabs his hand and goes, "Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever fucking do it again." <laughs> Which is, you know, um, do you have that? Do you have that scene? I just watched it. So I'm, he's coming in the dugout right now. The basket catch, Willie Mays style. Willie Mays style. Tired. <laughs> All right, we look out there. Okay. Nice catch, Hayes. Don't ever fucking do it again. All right, let's go. Let's get it going. I love that part. Is where he's like. All right, let's get it going. Right there. Don't do it again. All right, let's go. And then there's a the montage of like, well, Millie Hay- Willie Mays gets on base and he gets thrown out. And then there's that montage of just bad play. And the one part that I saw that always made me laugh was when they're like, oh, shit. Like, Willie Mays just falls over. Or when he's diving back to the base. Oh, when they drop when the fly ball falls and falls yeah, when they down. keep dropping the fly balls. Oh. Yeah, when, they, when all three of them just kind of stared at it. First they all collide, then they all yep, stop. Yep. Just the when they, they collide, oh, Dorn swatted the ball and it bounced up him in the face. Yep. Taylor overthrew the throw to second to the outfield. Let's see, Serrano just struck out on a curveball in the dirt. Oh, now they're they're all calling for it and just. They kind of fall. Oh, and Hayes is like, oh. yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Kind of saying. Doing the, oh, shit. Let's see. Um, There it is. <laughs> um, And then the next is when Wild Thing comes in and with Harry Doyle being like, just a bit outside. He does the ball four, ball eight, ball 12. And goes, man, can you believe it? These guys are laying off that pitches that those that close. Yeah, here you go. Well, here you go. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ball four. Ball eight. Low and Vaughn has walked the bases loaded on 12 straight pitches. Boy, how can these guys lay off pitches that close? <laughs> That's just great. Bob Luker makes this, this movie to me because of quotes like that. And then when Willie Mays got thrown out in the second, he was out by a mile. He's out by an eyelash. <laughs> um, what else did he say? Uh, oh, man, I can't think of it. But basically, yeah, he just kind of he, he takes – you see what's actually happening, but how he's portraying it on the radio, it's just it's priceless. It, it really made the whole movie. Yeah, if you're watching on radio, you're thinking it's close. Then you watch the, the uh, highlights, you're like, what the hell is he talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, the one that I got a kick out of too is uh, when the Yankees, the big home run hitter, is sitting there with Taylor. They, you're but you're back in this league. Yeah, blah, blah. How's your wife and my kids doing? <laughs> That's uh, Hayward. Hayward, yeah, yeah, right here. How's your wife and my kid. Right here. Taylor, you doing back up here? Uh, That's your wife and my kids. On in deep trouble here with Clue Haywood. And I I would like to get your opinion on it because the Yankees were the bad guys in this movie. 
And like they got Hayward, who I'm guessing they portray as Don Mattingly. 89 is Mattingly. No. Yeah, Mattingly yeah. first baseman. He's got the, the mustache like Mattingly had. He plays first base. But he's a right. And then the pitcher, the relief pitcher I love, the Duke in the last in the last scene. Oh, but yeah. I, I back then I don't you know that wasn't like that wasn't the way Mariano pitched. No, Mariano wasn't on the team at that point. Yeah. But I get a kick out of uh, you know, where they didn't really try to you know, make the Yankees look that bad, but it's just, yeah, it's, they're, just they're clearly a good team and they're clearly overmatched against Yeah. Them. Yeah, and that's I mean, it's just funny how like some like little big league their chief rival in the movie was uh Ken Griffey Jr. The uh, Mar- Mariners, right? The Mariners. Mariners. And then in uh, in Rookie of the Year was the Mets. Yep. And then uh, what's the other one? Shit. Major League Two, it's the White Sox. Yeah. But there's one more I'm thinking of. That's a kid's movie. Little Big League. Rookie of the Year. Sam Samlot's not a... Pro team, oh, Angels in the outfield. Oh, Angels in the outfield. They play who they play to get to the um, right. I don't know that one. And you know, it'd be nice if it was on iTunes to buy, but it's not. It's <clears throat> Angels in the outfield wasn't really about like, the bad guys weren't the other team, it was all about them winning to get that kid adopted. Yeah, by but who, did, yeah. who did they play in the, like, in brought the back by his father? You know, I who, think at that point it was whoever was in that division because it was for the division title. So whoever the Angels were playing in that, it, I, they changed the divisions around. Was it the Athletics? They just they never really showed much of the other teams that they right. That's yeah. So they just showed they the play, plays they were making. They play the A's. Um, a the A's are the team they play when like that guy bunts it and the ball goes all over the place. That's the A's. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where he makes the ridiculous catch where Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's character makes that ridiculous. That was the, I think the Blue Jays. How did yeah. I do that? <laughs> I, I would that do movie when, like it's so old that the umpires are still wearing the hats to say A L and L at time yep. and call them Al. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the um in, in that movie as well. I love the let's keep the profanity down. More <laughs> <laughs> swearing. That <laughs> is like, eliminates half the speech of the team. <laughs> I just. Looking back on it, and it's even Major League, it's the movies we grew up on, watching them now, they're still okay. You know, like some movies are brutal to watch, but like the Major League, even Little Big League and all that stuff, they're not terrible to watch, you know, which is nice. Um, good movies are classic. I still like watching them all. So next, the, the, a couple other quotes I had from that scene. Sorry, for, I, I got to share quick. Um, since we're talking about Angel in the Outfield. Uh, and I just talked about Matthew McConaughey making that catch. Look at this picture I just found. He's just, it's a, obviously between scenes and he's just hanging there. Sort of wire system to, to make the that. The thing, too, is that to me, maybe not so much in this league because a lot of the guys in the movies are have been made. They were, you know, the guy from Scrubs, he, he ended up. Uh, uh, you know, doing, um, I forgot what, you Angels. know, scrubs and all that stuff. But, like, in Angels in the Outfield, they had McConaughey. 
Uh, in Little Big League, they had uh, listen. Uh, they had uh, in Angel uh, Neal, they had McConaughey. They had um, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. Okay. Star, uh, and then uh, the guy that plays Hammerling is uh, Adrian Brody. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. Good call on that one, Gregor. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously, you so, got Danny Glover and Tony Danza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so going back to the major league, there when the guy yeah. hit grand slam, uh, the one guy, the 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 fan is like, "Ah, oh, it's too high! It's too high! You can't! It's too high!" And then all of a sudden, it's like, "Who gives a shit? It's gone!" You know. Well, so and that's a quote that me, and my buddies that play softball, still say all the time. It's too high. What does too that mean? High. Too high. That thought was too high. Like, we say it to each other all the time. And so, obviously, you know, uh, Pepper goes Lou Brown. You want me to take him out? Let's see how he reacts. And then he throws at the guy, hits him. And then, you know, obviously, um, you know, they're jawing at each other, the umpire and then Vaughn. And Pepper comes out, picks him up, and then he's like, well, why don't you just blow me, ump? <laughs> and that, that was pretty funny. Yeah, they had to carry him off the field. Yeah, and then he breaks whatever. But I think that was all I had from that game. Like, there really wasn't anything memorable. Like, you know, you saw, like, the plane thing where it's like, this is good. This is real good. And then they show the plane that's, like, missing wings and stuff, that that's there. And bringing the actual know. plane? Yeah. Yeah. And then you see, like, Serrano doing the, the cross and all that stuff. He goes, ah, now he knows. He knows, <laughs> you know. Uh, it was the White Sox they played in the in the championship game in the Angels in the outfield. Sorry. Okay. I wasn't going to be able to rest without finding that. Yeah, but then, see, now back then the Angels, I'm pretty sure the Angels and the White Sox were in the same division. Yeah. I, don't think they, I were think was, they were just playing for the um, – for the division, I yeah. think. But uh, so in between the first game and the winning, like I, the next scene that was memorable to me was the uh, winning montage that they do with the with the um, where they're taking the pieces of clothing off the doll or the yeah. man. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you guys have anything that you remember from it. I remember the plane, then the bus, then like Lou Brown being naked and be like, don't you want to cover yourself up? I'm too young to be driving into lockers. You know, <laughs> I don't know if there's anything you guys can think of. That's where the Jake Taylor, uh, you know, goes to his wife's in the bowl. They take away the, the, she takes away the tubs that the players get to soak in. So next they have a bathtub and they put a, uh, what is it, a boat motor in there? Yeah. Which, you know, thinking about that, it's like <laughs> if they get too close to that thing, it's going to chop off their foot. You know, yeah. which is, uh, you know, it's a movie, right? It's just a movie. <laughs> but yeah, Willie Mays, uh, he's hammering all his gloves to the wall while the bases he's stealing. Yep. Yep. I really, like I said, in between the first game and the winning montage, I'm really, there really isn't anything that kind of came out to me that was crazy good. You know, it was just a lot of either finishing storylines. Uh, yeah, for a while, yeah. they just showed them making really good plays in the field. What's that? Before before they get to that point, before they get to the point where they're winning, Lou Brown finds out what yeah. the owner's motive is behind all this stuff, yeah. and, and he uh, and he what does he do? He has he actually has a speech 
in the locker room, which I just had two seconds ago, and I lost it. And that's when he tells everybody, this is what's happening. Oh, because uh, Donovan comes down and tells Lou, here. Yeah. I'll play the scene. Hi, Lou. This is, one of, this is one of those ones with the cigarette. Look around, Lou Brown. He's got cigarette smoke all over. On the road trip, you nearly pulled that one out today. They will figure out how to beat those guys. You're playing the Yankees. You know you've done a great job this year. Sixty and sixty-one is hardly a great job. But this club, it is. You know, there's a lot of talent on this club, Charlie. Veterans are starting to play back to form, and the rookies are developing faster than I thought. There's two or three potential all-stars in there. I think we're a contender right yeah, now. Yeah, I see the smoke. You really believe that, don't you? I know it. All we need is something to bring it all together. Rachel Phelps will never allow that to happen. There you go. Now he's having the meeting. Everyone's sitting in their street clothes. Can I have your attention, please? I have something I think you all ought to know about. It seems that Mrs. Phelps doesn't think too highly of our worth. She put this team together because she thought we'd be bad enough to finish dead last, knocking attendance down to the point where she could move the team to Miami and get rid of all of us for better personnel. Even me? Even you. Even you, Doris. <laughs> what if we don't finish last? He'll replace you with somebody who will. After this season, you'll be sent back to the minors or given your outright release. I mean, that pretty much sums up the whole movie right there. And it's obviously, it's before there was a team in Miami. There's no Miami Marlins back then. Yeah. Yep. Which and is interesting because now there is. They can't just release everybody on the team or some down the minors. I don't think. That's realistic either, but no, no, I think the players union would have something to say about that. So the the thing too that um, you know, the montage is awesome, but the one thing that I love is that background music. I don't know why, I just love that background music that they have during the games and stuff. Oh yeah, like that. no, that's I, awesome. First, when you were talking about the theme song in the beginning, which ended up being that Newman song that you found, I actually thought you were talking about this this music that you're about to. And you can't buy like. Now. Like it's it sucks because you can't really find that music anywhere. I've looked up for that stuff forever. It's like eighties style music, you know. Yeah, and that's why like keyboard, I'll go to like the, like the keyboard tones in the background. And like I'll go on like YouTube and I'll try to find like that scene and I'll like go to those sites that's like YouTube to MP3 so I can put it on my iPod to listen to because it's yeah. awesome. One quote too that we forgot about is when they did start winning. He said, "Gotta win the whole." Is this from this one or the second one? He said, we won today. Now, if we win tomorrow, that's two in a row. We win one after that. I am pretty sure that's me. a winning streak. It has happened before. It has happened before. <laughs> that's I, another I, quote I say to my softball team all, all, all the time. That's a good one. Let's see if I can find it. And the notable quote of uh, Jake Taylor being like, well, there's only one thing we can do. And it's just like, what's that? Win the whole fucking thing. <laughs> Even though it's to the big win at the end of the at the end of the movie, it's like normally it's like the World Series win or a playoff win. All they really all they did was win the division. They, yeah, they, they make the playoffs. <laughs> but I guess with the team they had, that, that was kind of a big goal anyway. So 
I may be I may be wrong, Bradder, but I'm pretty sure that every single of those movies, none of them win the World Series. Little they big. Don't show the, they never show the World Series, no. Yeah, which it must cost the move those those movie things money to actually use the World Series. No. Like in the Cubs one, it was the pennant. Well, at the rookie, no. rookie of the year, at the very don't. end, when the character puts his fist up in the air, he has the yeah. World Series champion ring on his finger. So that's all. But that's all he's saying. Yeah. yeah, that's the only time they reference the World Series. They talk about going to the World Series. Yep. Thing, uh, and, um, I think Angel in the Outfit was a wild card game. Well, in the second card. one, the second Major League, don't doesn't Bobby Ricker say at the end of the Indians win the pennant, which would mean they won the World Series? Yeah, because they – so the big thing about that one is that they fell short in this one. They made the playoffs. They didn't make it to the World Series. So that they was – like the Harry Doyle doing the recap of last year. Mm-hmm. Where they barely missed it, and it's funny because the the game that they do in this game is like something they adapted into the new world, into the way they do the one playoff game for the wild card spot, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have a playoff game, yeah. But yeah, so they got what is it? The background music I like, the American Express commercial. I, I it's like it's cool. And you can go I'll to those. Home without it. You know where the uh, you can go to those food type places, and then like Roger Dorn's like, not no. Now everyone doesn't remember us, and he does a snap, and it's like we're contenders now. I don't understand the snap. I, I just, I'll never understand. <laughs> I don't the know snap. I'm trying to find that. Where is the American Express commercial? That's in the middle of the montage. Yeah, it's it's when they're winning all the games. I'm uh, actually at the end of before we sign off. I have like a bunch of little known facts about the movie. I was going to read to everybody. Why don't, we do, why don't we do that now since since we pretty much summed up everything? And and one of them is the American Express scene almost didn't make it because they had to negotiate that with American Express. Yeah. The little gray, what is it? The little gray or green home run hitter. That's you want me to tell you? Want me to look, tell you what I found? Tell us that and then we'll, we'll talk about that, we'll uh, that. And then we can talk about it, yeah. And then we'll All talk right. about the, uh, the final game, which has – that that well, synopsis quick, is like twenty five minutes. That final game with all the fun stuff in it. Yep. I just I, I fast forward too far too far, and I just got to the part where they zoom in over the field, and you can see the whole stadium. And that's there's twenty six minutes left in the movie at that. Yeah, point. So that's a so, long part of the uh, movie. Gregor, I mean Bradder, go ahead and tell us that uh, the uh, fun facts there. Uh- I got 25, so I'm gonna go. Th- we'll go through it fast. So yeah, number 25 was the American Express cards. And never really, uh, almost never happened because negotiations were going really slow with uh, American Express. I don't know, somebody. It's all about money, and uh, almost didn't make it in time for the movie. It wasn't until the second to the last day of filming that the company agreed to be used as part of the movie. So interesting. Two days left in the filming, they they did that scene. Uh. 24, Charlie Sheen wasn't acting at all on the mound. Apparently, he was a really good pitcher in high school and actually got a scholarship to Kansas. I have that in there, too, with the last, yeah, I remember that that. last scene when he threw that ball. That was him throwing the ball. It wasn't as fast as it says, like 101, but he really threw that pitch. With yeah. that last scene where he strikes out Hayward, like that's his reaction when he threw it, all that stuff, which is awesome. So next, uh, Corey Burson. Actually did actually punch Charlie Sheen. Oh my god, we forgot about that whole scene. Charlie Sheen's hunched over on the side of the bed after sleeping with Dorn's wife. I got it written right here. Okay. 
He goes, I swear to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of the movie, when uh, Dora punches Sheen, he actually did really punch him, apparently. Yeah, because if you look at his reaction, it's not like he caught like a like a fake punch. It actually looks like he caught it, and like his reaction was like, "Holy shit!" Like that hurt, you know. So for the last day of filming, they had to adjust the angles of Charlie Sheen so that you didn't see the big red bump on the side of his face. Huh. Uh, twenty-two. The Milwaukee Indians of Cleveland. So all the games were filled in Milwaukee. Um. The only the only things that are actually Cleveland is the outside of the stadium. Okay, so, that's interesting. I, I must because, been because now that you say that, so I didn't realize that for this movie because I didn't know what the ballpark was before Jacobs Field or Progressive Field. Uh, so I figured that was the old Cleveland Stadium. But that's interesting because in the second movie, they actually that's actually filmed in Baltimore at Camden okay. Yard. So there must be reasons why they can't film in Cleveland. Well, yeah. The the game this this was filmed in the summer, so the season's going on. I don't know what the I think, was doing at that point. I think the other one was filmed in the fall, but I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, next, the wedding that never was. So originally, uh, the movie was supposed to end with a wedding scene of uh, Jake Taylor and that and what's her face, but uh, they, Russo. Thankfully, they scrapped it because I never liked that storyline, anyways. And they yeah. didn't scrap it because they thought it would put too much focus on those two characters. Like they think. That would make people think the movie was all about them and not the team. Yeah, so they do that. They do I'm that in the that. movie with Charlie Sheen and his woman there. It's just not needed. Yeah, I don't like. I was gonna say we'll get the second one. I'm sure in a future episode, but I hate that thing too. Her name, uh, her name is Lynn Wells in this movie. Yeah, I knew it was Lynn. I just yeah, I didn't know if it was like Kate Lynn or you know. So this is pretty cool. I like this one. It's number twenty. Dennis Haber, who plays uh, Pedro Serrano. Uh, he actually hit a home run in the scene at the final game against the Yankees. And he was so surprised he did it that he carried the bat to first base. So he wasn't actually supposed to carry the, the bat around the bases. He just did that because he was so happy he actually hit a home run. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. No, so, that, I that. Go ahead, Tino. What, watching, watching it back last night, I wondered that too. I was like, why does he have the bat in his hand? Maybe just – I thought it was because he didn't want to get it dirty. Maybe that's what I always thought because he cares too. so much about the bat. Yeah, but uh, Dennis Haysbert actually he's in the TV show Twenty Four. He was, and he's also the, in all those Allstate commercials. Allstate, yeah. He doesn't have to actually talks like this. Actually, he has really. That's good. why I said the beginning episode. I said Serrano, the Allstate good hands man. Yep. <laughs> guess, guess you guys didn't catch that. Right. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, that. I read. Next one, this is kind of what I always knew. Like, obviously, when you get movies like this, not every actor can actually play, so they have doubles. So, uh, former Major Leaguer Steve Yeager, who played 15 years in the MLB, doubled for uh, um, Jake Taylor, apparently, as the catcher. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, not every, not, a catcher's kind of hard to play in general, so for an actor to do it. I guess it'd be That's got to be a weird... <laughs> type of like because he was talking shit while he was while he had the mask on and it's almost like there was scenes that he obviously had to play catcher but like when he's getting the ball really thrown at him by charlie sheen or anything he's got to be have to have a double there if he doesn't know how to play the game he'd probably get hurt yeah you know uh next dog days of summer so this movie was filmed in the summertime it happened like the hottest summer in like record in Milwaukee, 
<laughs> so that last game against the Yankees is supposed to be in the fall. So all the actors obviously had to wear the coats and the dugout and stuff, and they were just dying of heat. So if they say they actually look, the fans are all in shorts and t-shirts. And obviously they wouldn't really be doing that in the fall. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's when you guys were talking about. Remember you were talking about uh, Hayward possibly being model after Mattingly, the first baseman, big, the mustache and all that? Actually, Hayward is based on a pitcher. He's based on a 13, 11-year, 11-year MLB pitcher, Pete Vukovic, who played his career with the Brewers, White Sox, Cardinals, and Blue Jays. And Vukovic is actually the one that came up with the line, how's your wife and my kids? Because he just thought that's something he would say if he was in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of weird that he based it on a pitcher, but I guess that's who that character is modeled after. Oh, here's one cool. Willie Mays never threw a ball. If you watch the movie, I didn't realize until I read that. So apparently, uh, what's his, the actor? Types. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know why he threw. What's his name? Probably can't throw a ball because they never have him throw a baseball in the entire movie. Huh. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's, that's true. You know. Yeah. Uh, which is cool because it's cool. All these sports movies, like like Miracle, and I know if you guys remember the movie Coach Carter, uh, some they're always a hybrid of there's some actors and there's some athletes. And if you always ever notice, the people that are actors never actually play the sport. Like, and I don't know if you guys remember the movie Coach Carter, but Channing Tatum's in it. And he's younger, and there's another guy in there, something Crew. His name is Cruz in the movie, isn't it? Uh, Rick Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's on another show. So, those two, that, like, you never see Channing Tatum dribble a ball or shoot a ball. You never see that other guy. He shoots sometimes. You never actually see him dribble because they're actors. All the actual basketball was done by the, the athletes that were in the movie. And then the same miracle. There's some guys that were there. Most of the guys were the athletes. They turned into actors. So they thought it would be easier to transition. But there's some of that just there for the acting, and you never see them on the ice. So... True. It's kind of cool. Like you don't notice it though until you actually look for these things. Uh, Charlie Sheen took steroids for the movie. So, there's that. A lot. He wanted to be really in tune with the, what's going on in the sport. <laughs> wow. He, he said it added speed to his fastball, but it's also Charlie yeah. Sheen. So what can you really believe? I was about to say, and the cocaine did what? <laughs> How did that help? Uh, yeah. Willie Mays was based on Ricky Henderson, which. Isn't yeah. much of a stretch of imagination because it's all about stealing bases. Uh, this is Joe Boo is alive and well. The, the voodoo doll made by pop, made popular with Serrano became an unofficial team mascot in the film. The prop is still around. In fact, Morgan Creek Productions managing directors owns the doll, which sits atop the piano with rum and cigar at his house. <laughs> he kept it all these years amidst the turning down upwards of 35 grand for the actual Joe Boo. Wow. But you can get knockoff ones like, like the big tunes holding. This ain't a knockoff. Don't tell him that. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Uh, cool, it's okay. He looks like Albert Einstein a little bit. He does. Ten more here. I'll blow through real quick. The opening day scene of the film depicted as small, depicted a small crowd. That was not typically the case. However, the real Indian would almost sell out every opening day. Um, that's something we kind of all knew. Uh, I don't know who Ward is. Charlie Ward, maybe? Is that his first name? Charlie? Oh. 
Oh, Swore David. is actually a diehard Indians fan. The reason he chose the team was simple. He created the movie because he thought it would be the only way to see his team actually win something. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, tricks with the mound. Tricks were used to make the actors seem like they were as good as their characters. The pitching mound in the real baseball team is 60 feet, 6 inches away. But to get the impression that Vaughn's fastball was traveling 100 miles an hour, the crew moved the, moved the mound 10 feet move 10 feet closer and shot from behind the plate the way the viewer would never notice the distance difference. So that's how yeah, it when you watch faster. When you watch Harris do his pitches in the final game, it looks like he's throwing like 40 miles an hour. Yeah, because they go like yeah. this. Mm. Yeah, you got to watch. It's all about the angle. You know, just like in uh, most movies where there's car chases, they always do them from the ground because yeah. the cars look like they're going faster. Yep. Uh, I'm interested in 1941 Indians. After Vaughn strikes out Haywood, he is congratulated and dug out by a player named Keltner. Keltner was the third baseman of the 1941 Indians whose fielding heroics ended Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hit streak. That's pretty cool. That's really cool. Uh, the original title was not Major League. It was supposed to be dead last. Hmm. Stupid. I'm so happy it's Major League. Yeah, way better. Uh... Predictions. Phelps' ultimate goal is to move the team to Miami 97. Uh, obviously, ironically enough, there is a Florida Marlins team now. So, Yep. They were an expansion team in 1994? 93? Something like that. Okay. Uh, the role of Mays beat up Snipes pretty good. In the final scene, the crew had to bring in softer dirt and pad up Snipes' leg. The actor had slid so many times that he tore up all, his, all the skin on his legs. Ward said in interviews that Snipes' legs were covered in raspberries because he wasn't used to sliding that much. So, yeah, I mean, think about all the scenes that he's sliding, and you probably do each take over and over again. I mean, yeah, I know. I made that mistake, too, when we played softball the first time on that field when we were all playing. Oh, yeah. My first slide, I was wearing shorts, and that was brutal. Yeah, it tears up your leg real quick. Yeah. Uh, most of the baseball players that you see in Teams in the movie or members of the University of Arizona baseball team. Okay. Um, for the stadium scenes, 20,000 extras were brought in to fill the stands when the team first ran on the field and the crowd roaring. Uh, Dennis Haber, Haysbert, uh, admitted to being emotionally overwhelmed, actually. That's what Dude, that gave me goosebumps when they came out. Yeah, he said he can't believe that someone can do that 162 times a year. Like, that's yeah. That's how it's Fans going crazy for it. And last one, uh, in the film, the Yankees are described as the defending American League champions. At the time the movie released, the Yankees hadn't won the pennant since 1981. The Oakland A's were the actual defending champions. Yeah, no, I was so about to say, the Yankees cool. in 89 were not great then, right? They the Yankees were and the A's were, yeah. 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 They had so, a couple decent years. They had a couple decent years. But they, never, they never were good enough to make the playoffs because uh, Don Manningly, uh he started his first year as a Yankee was in 1982. And like you said, they hadn't won the pennant since 81. And they he didn't make yeah. the playoffs until his last year as a Yankee, last year as a baseball player in 95. Right. And obviously he won the World Series the year before. after that. Yep. And, you know, quick side note, and Don Manningly is not in the Hall of Fame? No, he's not. He didn't play for long enough. Okay. That's not, that's not entirely true. He played long enough. He had, but the problem was his half, first half of his career was amazing. Second half of his career, because he had so many back problems, his numbers took a big dive. Okay. And, and therefore, his overall numbers took a took a dive. And yeah. 
people say he, that's yeah. why. But uh, one of the big controversies of the Hall of Fame is that um, Kirby Puckett, who played the same about the same time frame as Don Manley, had um, and he got voted in the Hall of Fame had very similar numbers. But the only difference between Puckett and Manley was the fact that Puckett won the World Series in 1990. Probably won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, Do you think the Yankees win the World Series if uh, Manley's at first base in '96? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know, I don't know either. He had a so-so year. Yeah. He, he did okay. Uh, I think the Yankees would have won the World Series in 94, but the player strike definitely. No. Good point, yeah. I don't know. Everyone says the Expos were the team to beat that year. Expos were really good. I think it would have been Expos-Yankees World Series, which would have been, I think would have been a good World Series. So going back to the movie, the only other stuff I have written down is about the, the, la- the actual game, the last game. Uh, the Serrano wanting to uh, sacrifice chicken, <laughs> yeah. and they bring in the KFC. Um, KFC bucket of chicken. Bucket of chicken. Here you go, Serrano, a full chicken. Uh, and then Joe Boo on the pitching <laughs> mound with Harris. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I loved, I loved that circus catch by uh, um, by Hayes. Obviously, I don't think it was him that made the catch, but that was a really cool catch to watch. Over you the know. shoulder, you mean? Yeah, no, no, the one where you like climb the mountain, the climb oh, the like wall. Oh, climb the uh, wall, yeah. Yeah. They do it in like slow motion. Yeah. Well, he probably did it just in slow motion. Like, he probably did it so slow that they had to play it in slow motion in the movie. <laughs> true, true. Uh, the next thing I pointed out was obviously uh, the Serrano at bat where he hits that home run, which now Brad, you know, it was it was a somewhat real home run. Uh, a couple quotes that I laughed about during that at bat was. We should have gotten him a live chicken. When yeah. he says that. <laughs> um, and then obviously, uh, you know, I give this all to you, Jobo. Well, fuck you, Jobo. I do it myself. Yep. And then he that's, hits. And that's when he hits the curveball. You know, it's yeah. the curveball that he hits. Yep, it is too. Uh, after that, I mean, some people find this scene not as good, but that when Wild Thing comes out and they play the music, I just think it's cool because. There's like real fans doing it, and there, there's a lot of fans that are doing it. You know, you really can't. Back in '89, you could do it, but it was a little bit harder to kind of simulate all that. Nowadays, they could fill a stadium with fake people. You know, with the way the the movies are now. Mm-hmm. But back then, with all the close-ups on people singing and the the hot chicks dancing on the Yankees uh, dugout and all that stuff, I thought that was pretty. That was pretty cool. And the owner during the uh, thing, she's like, I hate this fucking song. Yep. You know? Because <laughs> it comes yeah. back in the second one as well, and she does the same thing. Um, what else? Oh, no. Uh, Dorn and Vaughn, you know, strike this motherfucker out. Yep. You know, he thought he was going to come to beat him up on yep. the mound. Uh, what was the other? Oh, Blue Brown, enough with the fools. Give him the heater. When Lou Brown does that, I think that's pretty funny. And the last, like you were saying, the last scene, the slow motion pitch of the the third strike was him throwing it, and it was him that that noise of him, like kind of that scream, was really him throwing as hard as he could. Yeah, you know, to make it look a little bit, which is interesting. I would have liked to have known what he really threw on that pitch because you said it was ten feet closer. He probably probably seventies or eighties, I would think. You know what you think? I bet you he throws mid eighties. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's close. So, um, and you were saying, Brad, you were saying they moved it what ten feet closer? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It was similar to like a little league distance. Yeah. A little bit longer. Okay. A little bit longer in little league. I actually watched the other day. I watched the ESPN thing on YouTube about Danny Amonte. Oh, uh, that guy who was, as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, and like you look at him now, and it's like it's like Jesus, dude. You're well. They had a special on him on ESPN, and yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. I mean, I just I mean, think you can't fault him. It was his parents that were making him do that. Yeah, no, I know, and that's that's the tough part of it. He's going to get blamed for it, but it was his parents that. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there anything else? I mean, obviously the last scene with uh, Taylor and Willie Mays. Is there anything you guys before that? Is there anything I missed? Or I got a cu- just a couple things. I think we got, don't forget about the grounds crew. How hilarious they are! The Asian guys. Oh, yeah. Yep, those guys. The what? The Asian, the, the Asian uh, field crew. Yeah. Guy. Oh no, we, we suck, suck again. Who, who the fuck are these guys? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the only other one, the Harris one that I always taught me and Nick love this. Love this quote. We talk about all the time. The uh, is that what's that on your chest? Crisco. It goes Bardol, Magisil. <laughs> Anyone with a couple extra inches to drop on a curveball. And if the empire's not looking close enough, I'll put a little jalapeno up on my nose. Charlie <laughs> <laughs> Sheen goes, you put snot on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that dude, that stuff like that. The problem, the funny thing is, is they really did it. So it wasn't like he was making it up. You know, that's what that's what they did to kind of, you know, because who was the Yankees pitcher not with the last couple of years that had that shit on his neck? Oh, uh, that was Pineda. Pineda's pine tar. Every pitcher in the MLB uses pine tar. He was just a moron about how to do it. So, um, Whatever yeah. happened to him, Pineda? Pitches. Yeah, he got suspended last year, 80 games for uh, substance. Who does he pitch for? The Twins. Twins, okay. Okay. So I, I think he I don't I think he starts the season suspended. So the Yankees traded for him, and when they traded for him, it actually it was a funny deal because the Yankees traded a big hitter to the Mariners for him. Mm-hmm. And both of those were related players. And they both end up being huge flops. Yep. Yeah. So neither one won the trade, neither one lost the trade. They both kind of lost, but they didn't really lose much because both players end up being terrible. But yeah. Pineda's still in the league, and as yet, as Montero was not. So yeah, but yeah. Pineda's supposed to be. Pineda was described as being the next Cy Young winner. I see. Sabathia said he's going to win multiple Cy Youngs when he came here because it's such good stuff. But he just wasn't. I think he's just a really dumb person. Well, that's the thing. It's like he had both. He had both Pineda and Cece, huge guys, like over six, six four, six five, and it was like, yeah. I mean, yeah, first, Pineda would look absolutely unhittable some games. I think he was yeah. there and looked like he just didn't care. Yeah, like I said, he's dumb. Like most most pitchers put pine tar on like the inside of their belt. Yeah, like all. Their, that's what like, CC does. He puts it all over his neck. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, yeah, yeah you're black, so it blends in, but not that much. <laughs> not that much, yeah. Um, last part of the obviously the movie is uh, the ta- the Jake Taylor at bat. Um, the maze first to second steal was such a cool like synopsis of like the players cheering him on and stuff. Yeah, which this is like Come when on, you please. watch someone steal a base in real time, it's it's really cool to watch because there's so much, you know, like you, you're on the edge of your seat seeing if yeah, it'll it's make. Yeah, it's an adrenaline rush because you know something yeah. big's gonna happen. Yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, Taylor calls a shot, the you know, with the bunt and all that. Besides Babe Ruth, no one's ever done that, right, in real life? No. Okay. People still, to this day, say that Babe Ruth didn't even do it. It's just kind of a story. If you watch, it, it's funny. I watched, like, a conspiracy thing. If there was, like, top 50, and I think, like, number 25 was Babe Ruth called his shot. And you watch the video of it. And it doesn't. It looks like he's saying it to the, the dugout, but I mean, it, it, he is pointing. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It looked like he was pointing at the the, the opposer's dugout. I don't know. You know, it's just I don't know. The, the video is so distorted. Just because you don't cool. know. Yeah. Um. And then when they win the game, that's an awesome play to do. But like when they all start hugging and everything, and then Dorn decks wild thing. It's just that was that was pretty funny. Because <laughs> like he gets out of it and they start hugging again. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. Is like they were just like, yeah, whatever. Let's do it. My wife's a whore. You know, <laughs> whatever. But uh, Suzanne but, Dorn. Yeah, right. I didn't know him. I swear to God. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's that's everything. This is a great movie. It's tough to. It's it's good from the beginning to the end. You know, there really isn't. It's really like you can point out maybe the storyline of the like Jake and his wife there was a little not needed, but other than that, everything was awesome about it, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's like to me, it was like so cool, you know. And I they don't really have sports movies like this like this anymore. No, they don't. And they it's don't. interesting. Uh, baseball movies, I think, are and sports movies in general are really hard to film. Uh, so I so I'm told. Uh, but the thing with baseball is there's so many rules that a lot of the times with, with movies like this, they tweak the rules a little bit. Um, I mean, Angel in the Outfield, I know they do a couple times. Uh, but uh, as far as movies go, you know, Bull Durham's pretty accurate. Uh, this was pretty good. This is a solid baseball movie yeah. for comedy. There are a number of other baseball movies out there that are, are I think, better than this. But they're more dramatic as far as sports baseball comedy. This is one of the top. Yeah, in my book, Slapshot yeah. kind of made the mold for everything. The the comedy, the kind of raunchy sort of comedy, and major. I put that up with Major League as one of the best like comedic um, sports movies in the, ever. You know that it's one of my favorites. So that's why I suggested it. You know, but yeah. I mean- wouldn't it be a great show if they just like a spinoff of this of this movie and had like a TV like a series like on HBO or something where you can so, have it be launchy and just have it following through the whole season? So if you if you look it up, they did try to do it with like a minor league team where they had a sitcom and it was like Barry Bonds was in it, all this stuff. It was like Joe Rogan was was one of the baseball players. It was they tried, but it just never. You know, you could see the the synopsis of the show on YouTube. It was on Fox, and it came out a couple years after Major League came out. Like they tried to make it like Major League, but it just never caught on. You know, and since then, I guess really, you gotta have the right script, right actor. Yeah, like, they they really not you know. No, and no the thing is, is I don't know if you guys, this crew that they got together for these, this movie. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's kind of when you do sports movies and I get the PG ones that's fantasy and stuff, but when you're really playing sports, like it's kind of the way that everyone talks in sports, it's not great. You know, it's not PG. So that's what I think makes it like, you know, you're on the, you're in the bench, you're on the mound and it's not like 
it's not great speak. You know, it's not, they don't, they're, vulgar, talk. you know, it's locker room talk. And I think that's why Major League did so well and Major League Two did not because it just turned into a PG 13 movie and it was like, uh, well, Major League Two did, I thought it did pretty good, didn't it? It didn't. They. I looked up the sales and all that, and it didn't do. It's. It's kind of grown on people, like a folk kind of thing. Like people love it now, but when it first came out, people were like, "This is not major league." Well, this the is, third you know. one was the worst. It shouldn't have even been made. No, no of course. Back not. To the it take place in the Indians. It's and uh, yeah, it the buzz, right? team, and then they don't even play the the Indians. They play the Twins, right? Yeah. So that one should not have even happened. But and between the first one and and the second one. Obviously, the first one's much better. It's yeah more thought out. It's better written. The characters are better developed. The acting is a little bit better. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a comedy, so you're not going to get top-notch acting to begin with. It's all about comedy. Is all about timing. But the the characters change, and the, and the second one's a little bit more unrealistic. And yeah. uh, obviously, you get a new, a completely different actor for Willie Mays Hayes, and uh, then you bring in the, the Japanese guy to, uh, Tanaka, <laughs> who's actually really funny, who's absolutely insane. Um, and it's for and me. the catcher instead of yeah, and he, yeah. he's a little bit of a rube. But um, for me, it's it's not quite as realistic. Like this, I feel like, given the situation, could actually happen. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It makes it a little bit. It's more relatable to me as a, as opposed to the second. One. Second one, I think they made it to make it, and and it's just they they get, they put it together, and they just went more for the laughs as for as far as the, the storyline. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, overall, it's a great movie, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you haven't ever seen it and you're watching this, you should really take the hour and 45 minutes to watch it because it's not, it's it's great. There's nothing more you can say except for this movie was fantastic, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, next, I don't know what we're going to do next time, but yeah, this was actually, I really enjoyed this. This was nice, doing a nice little movie review. Yeah. Of, yeah, no, this was good. Yeah, it's the first time doing it, so I'm sure it was a little more choppy uh, this time than it's going to be next time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no baseball to talk about, so I'm supposed to keep, keep doing these. Keep doing these until there's sports. Not baseball, sports in general. Yeah, we, we, can, do a, we can do a non-baseball movie next time if you want. I mean, we'll I figure it out, yeah. I'm partial to the Mighty Ducks. Oh, jeez, so. yeah. I think we'll yeah. talk about that one for like as a while. Sports movies and just sports mm-hmm. movies in general, I think we could. Mm-hmm. But uh, for those of you that did tune in, thank you. We, we really appreciate you taking the time. If you have anything, any feedback, whether you liked us talking about movies and taking a break from reality for a little bit, let us know. If you have anything to say about the movie itself, any anything that's memorable to you, uh, share it in the comments. Let us, let us know as well. Um, we'll probably do another movie again next weekend. Um, we'll let you guys know what movie that is a little bit ahead of time. So if you wanted to watch it and come to the conversation with your thoughts, uh, that'd be great as well. Um, so this is something that we're trying to do to to take uh, a little distraction from coronavirus and, and all this that's happening on in the real world. If there's news to report next time, we'll, we'll talk about that first. But uh, if not, uh, you know, thanks again for tuning in. My name is Greg Andriano. You can see um, my Twitter handle. It's uh, on the screen, but it's Greg Andriano 5 uh, Those are my, my buddies up north in New York, um, Bradder. At Bradder Chatter One and Big Tuna at Big Tuna BBS. Did I get that right? Yep. All right. All right. You. Hey, you guys want to add before we sign off? I got a barbecue to get to, man. It's Memorial Day weekend. Sorry. Sorry. Enjoy, enjoy that Memorial Day. Precious party. No.
<laughs> no, we're like I said, bigger and brighter sports. Check it out. Yep. Look for sports us. On chatter. All right, go watch the movie now. All right, yeah, happy right. everyone, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later, guys.